151st sign. When I wrote my book, Rahina Ahmadiyya, which is the first of my books, the difficulty I faced was that I did not have any money to get it published. I was an obscure person, and I did not know anyone. At that time, I prayed to God Almighty, and then I received the following revelation. Translation. Shake the trunk of the date palm tree. The fresh ripe dates will fall upon you. This reference text appears in Rouhani Khazain, volume 1, page 250, published in 2008. Therefore, in compliance with this directive, I wrote a letter first of all to Khalifa Sayyad Muhammad Hassan, a minister of state of Patiala. As God had promised, he made him inclined towards me and he sent 250 rupees immediately and then contributed another 250 rupees a second time. Some others also provided monetary assistance. Thus was the book published against all hopes and the prophecy fulfilled. These incidents are such that there are not just one or two witnesses to them, but a large number of people, including Hindus too. Point to bear in mind is that the revelation of God, shake the branch of date palm tree, is in the Holy Quran addressed to Hazrat Maryam, Mary, when she had grown very weak after giving birth to her son and was in need of God Almighty's help for food. Footnote start. I have written above in the text of this book that first God named me Maryam in the book Brahina Ahmadiyya and then said that having breathed into this Maryam, the spirit of truth, he named me Isa. This was as if Isa was born from a Maryam-like state. So was I named the Ibn Maryam, the son of Mary, in the word of God. The Holy Quran, too, has a clue in this context, and it constitutes a prophecy about me, meaning that Allah the Almighty compares certain persons from among the Ummah to Maryam in the Holy Quran, and then adds that the Maryam became pregnant with Isa. It is evident that no one except me in the Ummah claimed that God had named him Maryam and then breathed into this Maryam the spirit of Isa. Since the word of God cannot be false, it was but necessary that it should apply to someone from among the Ummah. See for yourself after deep reflection and search the world. You will not find anyone except me in the whole world to whom this verse of the Holy Quran applies. Hence this prophecy in Surah Tahrim applies specifically to me and the verse in question reads, See Surah Tahrim, chapter 66, verse 13, part number 28 of the Holy Quran. Translation The second example of the individuals of this Ummah is that of Maryam, the daughter of Imran, who preserved her chastity, and into her womb we breathed the spirit by our authority, that is, the spirit of Esau. It is evident in the context of this verse that the Maryam of this Ummah can be compared to the first Maryam only if the spirit of Esau is breathed into him, as God himself has mentioned the breathing of the spirit in this verse. It is but necessary for the word of God to be fulfilled. Thus, in the entire Ummah, it is only me whom God first addressed as Maryam in Brahina Ahmadiyya, and later he said only about me that we breathe it into this Maryam, the spirit by our authority, and then, after breathing in the spirit, only I was named Isa. As such, I am the one to whom this verse applies. And except for me, no one in the 1,300 years has ever claimed that first God named him Maryam and then breathed into Maryam the spirit by his authority, transforming him into Esau. Fear God and reflect upon it. When God said this in Rahina Ahmadiyya, I myself was totally unaware of this subtle point, 
as I also recorded it in Rahin Ahmadiyya, my erstwhile belief that Esau would descend from heaven. This belief of mine testifies that there is no fabrication on my part and that before receiving guidance from God, I could not comprehend it at all. Footnote M. In the same way, Ibrahim Ahmadiyya was quite like an infant to me that was just given birth. There is a well-known idiom about writing that it is the product of one's nature, meaning one's natural children. Thus, as Ibrahim Ahmadiyya was like a newborn baby for me, and at the time of its birth I was weak in my financial condition, just as Maryam was weak, and I could not find food for its upbringing, meaning its publication on my own, then similar to Maryam, I was given the same command, shake the branch of the date palm tree. Thus, according to this prophecy, the funds for this book became available and the prophecy was fulfilled. This money was entirely unexpected because I was completely unknown and this was my first compilation. It is also worth remembering that in Brahina Ahmadiyya, God Almighty named me Maryam before calling me by the name of Isa, and for quite some time this was my name in God's estimation. Later, God addressed me and said, O Maryam, I have breathed into you the spirit of truth. Figuratively speaking, this Maryam became pregnant with the spirit of truth, and then God named me Isa at the end of Brahina Ahmadiyya. In other words, when the spirit of truth which had been breathed into Maryam became manifest, it was given the name of Isa. Thus, I was called Ibn Maryam, the son of Mary, in the word of God. This is the very meaning of the revelation. All praise belongs to Allah, who has made you Masih, Ibn Maryam. He who questions how I became Ibn Maryam is oblivious to the hidden secrets of the divine. The Almighty God, the Lord of His servants, Himself named me Maryam in Brahim. For long I remained in a Maryam-like state without following the contemporary divines. Like a virgin was I raised, unaware and unaccompanied on the path of truth. Later, God Almighty, the Lord of grandeur, breathed into Maryam the spirit of Esau, Jesus. With His breath, new life was created. The Messiah of the age was delivered by her. This is the reason that I was named son of Maryam, for it was as a Maryam that I took my first footsteps. Thereafter, God infused me with the spirit of Esau, and I was elevated beyond the status of Maryam. All this is the word of God, the Lord of all the worlds, inscribed in Barahin for those who do not know. Divine wisdom is full of mysteries. Its subtleties cannot be fathomed by a few. There is no enlightenment without the grace of God. Nothing can be set straight without His grace. Unless you take refuge with God's grace, every step of yours will be shrouded in darkness. Seek the grace of God through humble supplication. Do not run like wild horses, but move with a gentle step. O ye who so eagerly declare me a kafir, your own house lies in ruins, yet you fret about others. Your life is full of a thousand transgressions. Be away. Why do you shed tears for the fault of others? Arise and reform yourself first. The critic himself is most in need of vision. Let the accursed curse me. He only condemns his own fate. Easy it is to bear the curse of the wicked, for only the curse of God is worthy of fear. 152nd sign. Addressing me in a general sense, God had said, meaning that I shall humiliate him who designs to humiliate you. This prophecy has been fulfilled against hundreds of my enemies. 
This book is not enough to accommodate all the details. A great many of these people remarked about me. He is an imposter and will die of the plague. But through God's power, they themselves died of the plague. There are a great many who put forth their revelation that God had informed them about me, that this man would die soon. Glory be to God that they themselves died shortly after such of their revelations. Still others had prayed against me that I may soon die, but they themselves died very soon thereafter. People might recall the revelation of Mali Mohiuddin of Lahoke, who proclaimed that I was a disbeliever and had likened me to Pharaoh, and had published his revelations about the torment that was to befall me. In the end, he himself died, and it has now been several years since he departed from this world. Malvigulan Dastagir of Kasur had similarly crossed all limits in hurling abuses at me. He had procured edicts of disbelief against me from Makkah. He, too, would pray against me day in and day out. The curse of Allah be upon the liars was his routine invocation. But that was not all. As I have just pointed out above, he also became eager to pray against me in a vain effort to emulate Sheikh Muhammad Tahir, the author of Majma'ul Bihar, so that his miraculous power would be proven. During the time of the author of Majma'ul Bihar, some foul-natured people had claimed to be the Mahdi and the Messiah out of sheer imposture. Since they were inquisitious, God Almighty granted Muhammad Tahir's prayer and destroyed them in the very lifetime of Muhammad Tahir. Therefore, Ghulam Dastagir became inspired by reading this tale and thought that he too should pray against this false Mahdi and Messiah, so that my death would prove his miraculous power. But he failed to remember the following couplet of Sheikh Saadi. Think not every jungle uninhabited. Tread easy, it may be that a leopard sleeps. Had I been an imposter, I would have certainly died in response to such a prayer that was offered with great concentration and fervor, and me, Ghulam Dastagir, would have been considered Muhammad Tahir II. But since I was truthful, Ghulam Dastagir fell prey to the revelation of God Almighty. I shall humiliate him who designs to humiliate you. And the eternal disgrace which he had wished for me backfired upon his own self. This incident alone would have been sufficient to remove the veil of negligence had any Mali been God-fearing. It is incumbent upon everyone who seeks the truth to reflect upon the fact that a false Messiah Mahdi was killed as a result of Muhammad Tahir's prayer, but when Miam Ghulam Dastagir, in his imitation, nay rather to demonstrate his likeness, prayed against me, even mentioning this in his book Fateh Rahmani, and at the time of praying against me, he wrote in his book Fateh Rahmani these words concerning me, which mean that I and all my followers be destroyed. Thereupon he died within a few weeks, and the mark of disgrace that he wished for me by asking for my death was sealed as his own eternal fate. Will someone answer me whether this is a mere coincidence or if it came to pass by the will of God Almighty? I'm still alive by the grace of God Almighty, but more than 11 years have passed since the death of Ghulam Dastagir. What do you all think now? Did God dislike the false Messiah and Mahdi of Muhammad Tahir's time, bearing enmity to him, while God looked upon the false Messiah, born in the time of Ghulam Dastagir, with affection, and honored him to the extent that he killed Ghulam Dastagir during his lifetime, and, returning his own curse to him, made him drink from the cup of death and cast the stigma of disgrace upon him 
until the day of judgment. Had I died as a consequence of the prayer of Ghulam Dastagir against me, and had Ghulam Dastagir continued to live until now, would my enemies indeed, the enemies of Islam, not have clamored and proclaimed my falsehood with the beat of the kettle drum? Then why are the elders of the Ummah so tongue-tied now? Is this their righteousness? And strange indeed it is to say that this was not a mubahla. Suppose this is not a mubahla, but it still is a prayer against me, an imitation of Muhammad Tahir. In contrast to it is my revelation. I shall humiliate him who desires to humiliate you. How is it? I was not adversely affected by this malediction, but a clear effect was shown by God Almighty's revelation. I shall humiliate him who desires to humiliate you. And the very malediction was made to descend upon Ghulam Dastagir in keeping with the Quranic verse. Let evil befall them instead. Surah Tawbah, chapter 9, verse 98 of the Holy Quran. The man who wished to be the like of Muhammad Tahir, God made him the like of the false Messiah. After his death, blessing upon blessing was showered upon me. Hundreds of thousands of people became my followers, and three sons of mine were born subsequent to his death. Hundreds of thousands of rupees poured in, and God granted me fame with honor virtually across the entire globe. Perhaps our opponents will now claim that the false Messiah and Mahdi, who died as a consequence of Muhammad Tahir's malediction, was actually a coincidental death, not the effect of Muhammad Tahir's prayer. Thus, how far can we answer such claims? They might as well become atheists, as it already appears, and proceed to say that Ghulam Dastagir's death was a coincidence. Why do you care not for truth, O people? It torments my heart greatly. Malice and prejudice have increased so much that it has caused to rot whatever little faith remained. Was this the very righteousness, the very Islam for which you were renowned? In short, the divine revelation, I shall humiliate him who designs to humiliate you, was powerfully manifested at hundreds of places and is still being manifested. What is the secret behind the omnipotent supporting me to this extent? The secret is only that he does not desire his beloved to fail. How beautiful you are, O captivator of my heart! How lovely are your attributes, O love of my life! Ever since I beheld your face, I have given you my heart. Besides you, no one else exists in my world. I can renounce both the worlds, but any separation from you burns my bones. It is easier to consign one's body to fire. But any separation from you terrifies me out of my wits. 153rd sign. By adding the words, the curse of Allah be upon liars, in the margins of my book, Ijaz-e Ahmadi, Malbi Muhammad Hassan Rabhain entangled himself into the Mubahila. Footnote start. This is a misprint. Ijaz-e Ahmadi must be replaced with Ijazul Masih because Malvi Muhammad Hassan had recorded the curse of Allah be upon liars on the margin of Ijazul Masih. Hardly a year had elapsed since he wrote these words that he passed away from this world in a state of great anguish. He died in the prime of his life. I have in my possession the Bumbahila written by his own hand. Whosoever wishes to see it can do so.